Welcome back to Happiness Isn't Brain Surgery with Doc Snipes, practical tools to improve your mood and quality of life. We're going to continue with the second segment in Problem Solving 101. In the last segment, we discussed defining and describing the problem. Now we're going to move on, now that we've got all the description down, we need to figure out how everything fits together and kind of check the facts to make sure we got it all right. So the first thing we want to think about is, is this a reaction to the environment or your thoughts? Sometimes, and they can be kind of going in the same direction, but think about certain environments that make you happy versus certain environments that are kind of icky and unpleasant. Um, There are environments that can be altered, and sometimes there are environments that can't. If you work in a um, place that is drab and dreary and not one that really entices happiness, you may not be able to change that whole situation, but there are things in the environment you can change, maybe your own little corner of that environment. But we want to figure out, am I having a reaction to something else that's going on, or is it me? Are you using emotional or factual reasoning? Emotional reasoning means I feel scared, therefore it must be scary, so I'm going to find something to be scared about. Factual reasoning is that reasoning, which is based more on facts. Now, we can't divorce our emotions from facts completely, but I want you to think about snakes. I usually use spiders. We'll give snakes a bad rap today. If you're afraid of snakes and you see a snake, then your emotional reasoning is there is a snake. This is a dangerous situation. I need to get out of here. So your fear response is going to kick in. Your actions are going to follow. And you're going to notice the things that are scary. On the other hand, if you see a snake and you recognize that there are three poisonous snakes in your particular area and this isn't one of them, You may react with a different feeling, maybe one of appreciation or curiosity about what it's doing. Um, That all depends on you. But if you're using emotional reasoning, you're going to basically find thoughts that support your emotions. So if you're angry and you feel disempowered in a situation, then you're probably going to look for all the different aspects of the situation that were disempowering instead of focusing on all the different aspects of the situation that you could potentially control. You also want to look beyond yourself to the other person and the context, considering the entire picture. When we're using emotional reasoning, it's, I feel this way, therefore it must be. When we're using factual reasoning, We can say, I feel this way, and it kind of sucks right now. Let's look at what's going on here. And we sort of check out or unhook ourselves from our emotions to take a bigger look at what's going on, what's the entire picture. Sometimes another person, if you're involved in a disagreement or whatever, they may be bringing something something to the situation that you are interpreting as hostility or lack of interest or something. So you want to just step back and say, what am I observing? That will help you understand what you're feeling. 
Think about some one time you've been in a conversation with somebody who has just been disengaged. They're looking around. They're, you know, clearly not paying attention to what you're saying. Your first reaction, your emotional reaction, may be one of rejection and frustration and irritability because they're not listening. However, do we know why that person is not engaged with what you're saying? Is it rejection or maybe they've got something else that's really weighing on their mind or maybe they've just got to pee? And, you know, I bring that up a lot, but it's amazing how people's physical comfort can make them really not tune in to what else is going on around them if they are physically uncomfortable. Are you using all or none reasoning? Every time I go to this store, this happens. You know, every time I go to XYZ store and I go to check out, there's lines six people deep. They never have enough cashiers. It may or may not be true, but try to walk the middle path. So if you're using this all or none reasoning, you might start exploring, well, if I went to the store at non-prime hours, you know, two in the afternoon or six in the morning, maybe we wouldn't have the same problem. So you can start checking your facts about whether it's an always or a never sort of a situation, or it just happens to be that that is what's true in this particular instance. And then you got to figure out what to do about it. Once you've got the situation down, you've described it, you know, you've kind of put it down on paper, what do we do with it? The next question is, do your emotions fit the facts? Why am I feeling this way? Sometimes we feel a certain, situ- a, a certain way, but it's more because of other situations we've experienced in the past. So if you check the facts of the situation, you may be like, no, that doesn't fit this. Um, an example when I'm home, the, if I hear somebody rattle the door, doorknob, that freaks me out. Now, my prior experience may tell me this is something to be afraid of. My current experience tells me it's probably the dog wanting to come in or my son locked my daughter out. He doesn't do it intentionally. He just forgets and locks her outside. <laughs> but I digress. So now... When somebody starts rattling the doorknob, my first reaction is not, oh my gosh, this is a really scary situation. Now it's more like, okay, who either locked the dog out or locked the girl out? If it's not an effective emotional response, if your emotions don't fit the facts, then you can radically accept it and go, okay, it is what it is. You know, for me in that particular situation, somebody's rattling the door. And identify opposite thoughts. So for me, in that situation, opposite thoughts are, what are the other possibilities it could be besides somebody breaking into the house? If it is an effective emotional response, whatever the situation is, and your response is to get angry or to get scared, the first thing you still do is radical acceptance. Why? Because when you are in your emotional mind, you are not going to be making the best decisions, most likely. Now, sometimes it's, you know, safety, and you're going to do what you got to do. But most of the time, the situations we're talking about are not life and death situations. So if it's an emotional response and, you know, anger is an effective emotional response because somebody disempowered you or hurt your feelings or whatever the case may be, 
radically accept that, all right, I am really ticked off right now, and it is what it is. Don't say whether you should or shouldn't feel that way. It's just how it is. Tolerate the distress, which means taking a couple deep breaths. Um, some people call it practicing the pause. Basically, you want your adrenaline to bleed off so you can think with a clearer head. That first 60 to 90 seconds after we have a strong emotional reaction, we're in sort of an adrenaline fog. And we've got tunnel vision and judgment is just not good. So you want to let that bleed off. Use your distress tolerance skills. And there are bunches of them you can use. Whatever you use to get you through the moment, count to 10, focus on something. Uh, for me, I've told you before, sometimes I will just say the ABCs. It's the only thing I can think of at the moment. And that's what I'll do, especially if I'm driving over a bridge because I have that irrational fear. Once the adrenaline has bled off. Then you're in your wise mind. You're not thinking immediately of, I've got to make this pain stop. I can't tolerate it. You're thinking, okay, this really is unpleasant. What are my options? You're in your wise mind. Um, so given, you know, some other examples. Last week, we, we were at the office, and I was working, and my husband has the office across the hall, and my daughter called, and she called him. So my first reaction to that situation was, oh, crap, who died? Uh, we live on a farm, and generally, she knows that if it involves an animal getting sick, injured, or killed, um, I'm probably not the best one to break it to on the phone. So when she called him, my first reaction was to freak the freak out, um, which did no good. So I stayed in my office, practiced radical acceptance, took a few breaths, eavesdropped, um, and then I kind of caught on to what was going on in the conversation, and it was all fine. So my reaction was not an effective emotional response. So focusing on accepting the moment and then figuring out what the options were and eavesdropping in that particular situation, helped me figure out that my emotions did not fit the facts. Um, another time, she did call him. The donkeys had gotten into the chicken feed, which is never good. Um, and so, again, I had to practice radical acceptance, breathe, let the moment kind of go through, tolerate the distress until I could get into my wise mind, and then problem solve. And obviously, the first step was call the vet. Um, and get the vet's input on what was going on, how critical it was, etc. But when I was in my emotional mind, that was not my first thought. My first thought was, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my daughter's going to be so devastated if something happens to her donkeys. Well, that's not helpful. Um, so radical acceptance and distress tolerance help you get into that place where you can fix the problem or fix how you're reacting to the problem. Stress eating is another example of a behavior that happens um, when something happens and you get upset. One of the things some people do is stress eat. So you want to look at, are my emotions, is getting upset fitting the facts, and is stress eating a good way to solve this problem? So many times our interpretations of a situation are far different than the actual situation because life is 90% perception and 10% reality. We make our judgments, we perceive the world based on what we see 
combined with our prior experiences. So if you've had unpleasant prior experiences, then your interpretation is probably going to be more of fear and dread than it is going to be of, oh, you know, whatever. It's important, though, to use fact-based, not emotional reasoning when making a decision. Yes, you want to do things that are going to help you feel happy and achieve your ultimate goals. That's not what we're talking about. Emotional reasoning is using only facts that support your current emotional state. So if I'm scared, I'm only going to focus on all the scary things. If you know somebody who's afraid to fly, you know what thoughts go through their head when they're getting ready to get on a plane. So that's emotional reasoning. I'm afraid to fly, therefore flying must be really, really scary. Um, Instead of, you know, what are all the facts? I encourage people, if they do have fears, phobias, anxieties, when they feel scared, to educate themselves. So they can be more fact-based in the future. Because if you feel scared, you're going to have scared thoughts. If you feel calm and content, then you're more likely to have, yeah, it is what it is kind of thoughts. Check yourself for extreme words and or thoughts. It always happens. It never happens. This is going to be the worst thing ever. Um, And again, if you've ever lived with, had children, And I'm not just talking teenagers, I'm talking middle schoolers and maybe even worse, elementary school kids, because there are a lot of things that are the worst thing ever to an eight-year-old. So check yourself for those thoughts and say, find exceptions to that. When did this happen or what other things have happened that have been worse? (laughs) Help you understand that you've gotten through worse periods. And Play devil's advocate or walk the middle path to get a balanced perspective when you're looking at exactly how devastating, how serious, how whatever the particular situation is. In the case of, um, you know, my daughter calling my husband, playing devil's advocate, I was able to, in my head, go, what are the other reasons she might be calling him? She might think I am recording. She might think I'm in with a patient. She might think these other things. Um, Or who knows? It could be something that he needed to handle. It isn't always about problems on the farm. So these are all important steps to take when, and again, we're still kind of trying to figure out what's causing the problem and what we're going to do about it. What's the next step? You can subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast players. Join our Facebook group at docsnipes.com slash Facebook. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the videos at youtube.com slash allceuseducation. And for more information, you can go to docsnipes.com.